Welcome back, rugby fans, to another great episode here on the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews with your team here from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Brogger, your host for today's activities alongside the familiar face of Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and more importantly, joining us as the man of the hour, we have Austin Gilgroni, that is, of course, Ruben de Haas, also more importantly, a current USA Eagles, also on his way to the Saracens. I mean, this list goes on for this gentleman, and we are going to dive deep into that. But before then, Ruben, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be on with you guys. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be able to have you here. And I wanted to, before we jumped into everything else, remind our viewers how it all works. And to be able to run you through it, I hand you over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt. Thank you, Ty. And again, welcome. Ruben, it's great to have you on. For those who are uninitiated in the run, pass, or kick interview style, it works like this. We're going to throw some questions at Ruben all along the way this evening, and we're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. And like any good scrummy, he's going to have some options in front of him. And so the first one is he can tell us that he's going to run with a question, in which case he's going to go ahead and answer it straight away. Or he can pass the question. He's just going to diss that off and not answer it because maybe it's a little hot to handle. He's got a little bit of pressure on him, so he's going to relieve that pressure by giving it to somebody else. Or he can have a little fun with us, put us on the defensive, put a little pressure on us. And we know Ruben's good with that boot, that box kick. So, you know, he might throw a, a few kicks our way and he's going to put pressure on us. And we'll have to answer in a manner that we think Ruben would answer. And he can get grade us out. He can tell us we were horrible. He can tell us we were, you know, spot on. And he can follow up if he want to, wants to add his own little spice to it. So, Ruben, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, mate? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Before we awesome. jump into that, we need to remind everybody yeah. about how this all happens, Rob. So let's take an opportunity to be able to thank our sponsors at Shop MLR. I am, by the way, obviously Ruben did not get the message, right? <laughs> like, I'm wearing my Austin gear. You're wearing your AG gear there, Rob. What's up, Ruben? Yeah, no, I've been in Austin gear all day, so I decided I had to get out of it. For a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, okay. You can wear it. I earned it. That's what you're saying. <laughs> that, that's the difference. That's the difference between the players and the and the the fans right here. Is fans can never yeah. wear enough gear because they think they should be part of the team. <laughs> the guys that actually play it and do the dirty work, they're like, "Yeah, I've had enough of the gear. I'm ready right, to move I'm done. My work day is yeah, over. I yeah. got the uniform off. His version of the tie is now loose. Um, but, you know, whether it be uh, the Austin gear or the Sabercats gear or any other team that you enjoy, go ahead as a fan. Your best hub to be able to get all your fan gear is at shopmlr.com. They truly are a plethora of awesome rugby gear. And as we, you know, we always say on the show, you can never, ever have enough rugby merch. Just ask Mr. Rob Hammerschmidt. That's right. <laughs> or better yet, my wife. Right. <laughs> so, so run us through how the, the first question there. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. And I usually like to keep it uh, fresh and a little fun. And I heard a, I heard a rumor. Uh, I won't say I heard it, uh, who I heard it from, but there is a certain South African that lives down in New Orleans. Um his name will go unstated at this point, but he knows who I'm talking about. Um, run, pass, or kick. We are told that your nickname is Rabbit. How'd you get this nickname, Run, Pass, or Kick? I'll run with this one. So um, my surname, the horse, means in Afrikaans, it means the rabbit. So like no one in so the Afrikaans were like everyone in South Africa calls me Hossie, which means rabbit. 
So, and all my friends back to Africa used to call me that all the time. And like my dad was called that as well all the time. So, yeah, that's just kind of how I went. But like, it doesn't really like happen here in the States because obviously it's Afrikaans so no one really understands it. Yeah, you know, it's funny because we were talking to Tony Lamborn uh, a couple of months ago. Scott and I were doing an interview and and his um, his nickname is uh, Curry Dog. Yeah. Right. And uh, and we n- nobody understood a h- how to say it. But then, you you know, uh, Tony. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where, the, uh, you know, Scott was like, is that because you like curry? Is that because you like to curry, you know, a spice or flavor? And he's like, no, it's curry dog. It's a you know, it's, it's, it's a kiwi thing. So, yeah, it's always it's always fun to get those nicknames out of the way and find out, you know, how they came about. But that one's pretty cool. The host is, is rabbit. I can I remember see that. Thing, though. It's a fitting animal. If that were your spirit animal, it's nimble, it's fast, <laughs> yep. kind of yep. uh, easy sidestep you. So yeah, I can see that working. But let's 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 dig a little bit deeper into that past there from, from South Africa for a moment. So I have the opportunity to give you the next question. So Ruben, again, run, pass, or kick. You know the rules. While originally hailing from George in South Africa but had been involved in USA Rugby as an under-19, under-20 level, and now, of course, a senior player for the Eagles. How did you first come to qualify for the United States player pool? Run, pass, or kick? Can't run with this one, so get the easy questions out of the way. So, <laughs> You're just warming um, you up, man. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, so, like, obviously, my grandmother uh, married an American guy, and they moved to Arkansas. So we would always come over for, like, December vacations in South Africa. We would come over and just spend time with them and hang out in the States and travel a little bit. And, yeah, my dad really and my family actually just fell in love with the U.S., and um, we saw an opportunity to come over. And, uh, yeah, so in 2011, we immigrated to the U.S. and also to Arkansas. And uh, we've been, my family's been living there ever since. And so obviously I just went through high school rugby in, uh, in the States, went through the eighth grade programs and stuff like that. And after, I think, yeah, after, uh, after a few years, I was qualified to play for the Eagles. So a quick question. How old were you at that time when you came yeah. to the U.S.? Uh, I was 11 years old, yeah. 11 years old. So you'd already probably been playing a few years of rugby in South Africa because, you know, you, you start rugby at four weeks old there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, you, you're one of the fortunate ones to have grown through the age grades, as you said, in the U.S., but still had that influence from back home. Yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing is, like, obviously, like you said, in South Africa, you start playing rugby from four or five and you just that's all you do. And then. I moved when we moved to Arkansas. There was no rugby at all, so yeah, I had to yeah, like stop playing for from. Yeah, I only started playing under sixteen again, so I had to stop for a few years, like just get into the American sports and stuff like that. So yeah, it took it took some time to get back into rugby, but after that, like under sixteen, my dad started a team in Little Rock, and it just took off. So that's how I got yeah, back I, into. I love it. that. So there was no rugby around, so we started it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was like. There was, a, uh, there was a rugby club in Oregon, Little Rock, but they had like no age grade programs or anything right. like that. So we decided like, hey, why not start one and see where it goes? Cool. Um, yeah, it is an awesome story. And and uh, maybe we'll have to talk off camera a little bit about Arkansas. I spent a bit of time down there, <laughs> but it's always, it's always good to hear. Um, I'm going to get to the next uh, uh, question. Uh, recently, uh, you have made the move from the Free State Cheetahs 
to the vaunted English club, the Saracens, run past her kick. What prompted you to make the move to England? Yeah, run. Uh, so, obviously, I was at the Cheetahs for a while, and um, I absolutely loved my time at, at, in Bloom and with the Cheetahs and learned so much there. But so after after the Cheetahs got uh, got uh, relegated from the Pro 16, they were kind of in a bind as a franchise because they didn't have like any competition to play in, and all they had was a local Curry Cup. And obviously, they wanted to be playing in an international competition and they have the quality of players to be doing that so they we had a window of like two or three months to to be able to like leave the cheetahs and get released from your contract and i actually wasn't like searching really for for a place to go i was pretty pretty happy there and then my agent just got to me and he, or came to me one day and said listen saracens are interested with interested in you and it might you might be able to go over and so I was like, yeah, obviously I would love to go to Saracens. Um, I think the. Because you haven't even heard the deal. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> uh, where's the papers? Let me sign. But. Um, <laughs> but so. so, so yeah. but go ahead. It, it was like interesting because so I had like a Zoom meeting with Saracens and talked to all the coaches and stuff like that. And uh, like, didn't know really after that, was I going to get a contract or not? And then like a day before the deadline stopped i actually signed so it was like right right as the deadline was about to end so that's how it that's how it happened cool and you know we're gonna go ahead and have uh scott the big guy who's off screen producing put up a question that dovetails real well from what we just asked you and the question is this i don't know if you can read that ruben um most what was the most important skill you learned with the cheetahs and the series uh, and and kind of what's the biggest difference between the two professional environments? Uh, between the cheetahs and Saracens, or well, yeah, yeah you haven't you haven't spent any time been, with the yeah, Saracens yet, have you? The, no, no, I I leave I leave after, I'll go there after our uh, July tour. So so let's put it in the context of the cheetahs and the Gilgronies. Gilgronies, yeah. Gee, that's tough. So obviously, for me, as a, <laughs> exactly. Hey, I left the cheetahs, and I was like, "Hey, I'll get a different color kit." But everything's yeah. been orange. So. One similarity. <laughs> yeah, I just go orange. But um, so I, I would say, like, for me, obviously, as a young, young, obviously, I've been there since after school. So you're young. You're trying to get into the pro setup as quick as possible. You're trying to get game time. But like, so like my last few years, I was able to spend time with Ron Pinar and like he's played 88 tests for the for the Springboks. So obviously, I mean, he's world class. So obviously I got to spend some time with him and just like for me, it was every day just like literally watch what the guy does and how he works on everything. And like he's an amazing player. You literally just want to sit there and get everything from him, learn everything from him. So. For me, it was it was so amazing just to be able to spend time with guys like that. And Franz Stein was there, um, so yeah, it was just for me. It was just very valuable time to be able to see how those how those guys go about their business and uh, how their work ethics and how much they love rugby. So yeah, they're just and it's just wonderful for me. It's almost like you're fanboying over these guys, but you're in a team with them. So it's just it was just that was just so cool for me the last few years with the Cheetahs just to spend spend time with them. Yeah, that's an invaluable experience mm -hmm. uh, that you'll carry forward with you, you know, whether it be at the Gilgronies, that 
you know, it must also be a little bit weird when, 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 so having come from that environment where you're looking at these players going, man, teach me, give me what you've got, right? Yeah. And now in some way, you're feeling that from others who are looking to you and go, man, give me what you've got. And already at such a young age to have achieved this, this success and also to be able to represent uh, the Eagles. So with that in mind, I have the next question lined up for you. Okay. So run, pass, or kick. Having spent so much time training and, of course, living and playing in South Africa, did this present any difficulties for you when it came to playing for the USA Eagles? Um, Ron, yeah. So, let's just say, like, after, like, the last few months, is after they didn't have any games. And, obviously, we have, with the Eagles, we have a test window in July with England and Ireland, and those are massive teams. So, obviously... So, like, I was thinking, like, guys in the MLR, obviously they're playing week in and week out. They're fit. They're playing games. I think game time is the most valuable thing. So, like, obviously you're on the field you're playing. And you want that going into a test because – or a test window because you'll feel prepared. Yeah, you're ready. You have, so, that's actually – so, that's why I actually, actually came here so I can get some game time. But um, years before that, I was – I had a contract with the Cheetahs. So I was there all the time. So, it would bother me sometimes because I was – like, I would get a game here and there at the Cheetahs. But – it wasn't like I was playing week in and week out. So it did. I did have some challenges coming into the U.S. Like, obviously, guys are still playing. They were playing all the time, at least at the MLR. So, obviously, it was kind of tough for me not playing at all and then just coming into the Eagles setup and uh, having, to, so I was kind of having to come off the bench and play. But, I mean, I, yeah, I guess if you put on that Eagles jersey, you have to be ready to go and just forget about all those things. So, so yeah, that was probably some of the challenges I faced. Yeah, and you gotta love. I mean, how much does your family love being able to see you play on a not only on a regular basis, but now you know potentially make the trip down from Arkansas to Austin to be able to see you play live? That they gotta love that. Yes, actually, my family has been in every single one of the games I played before. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it was. It's just. I mean, it's in South Africa. There weren't any fans. Like at the last Curry Cup I played, I played like I think nine games. We didn't have a fan, not one fan in the stadium. So. Coming right. back to Austin and just seeing fans in the stadium is amazing. And then obviously it's so special just to have my family. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned the Eagles. Let's talk a little bit about that. And the two seasons with the Eagles, you have accumulated 17 caps, uh, often supporting uh, the former Eagle scrum half and now assistant coach at Utah, Sean Davies. Uh, run passer kick, what were some of the key lessons he taught you about the scrum half position? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Sean, he's an, he's an older guy as well. Like, so just being a young, younger guy, you that for me, that was like being 19, 20, you're just trying to feed off of feed off of these guys' experiences and all the knowledge they have. You're just trying to take that in as much as possible. And like, like Sean and a, AJ McGinty, like AJ McGinty is literally he's world class. I'm sure you guys have seen how he's been playing in the Prem. So literally that and he just gives you so like they give you confidence as well as a young guy you're kind of like I don't want to do stuff or like I'm kind of scared to do something on the field and like they'll they'll sit with you in meetings and stuff and just give you so much confidence to take it out on the field so they just like for me it's just valuable to be be around guys like that and just to learn from them and and I gotta say how is it going to feel to be uh the most cap scrum half in this in this touring side of the UK <laughs> It'll be different for sure. <laughs> I mean, you're the old man at what the ripe old age of 22. <laughs> It'll be different. <laughs> it doesn't sound like he likes it. 
I haven't even thought about that. I yeah, I was just gonna say, I, I, I just yeah. made you think of something. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit more about that. Of course, uh, your role now. For those that aren't familiar. You're obviously a very experienced scrum half. Now, the scrum half is a unique position because it's got an identity about it. And with that in mind, here lies my next question. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this one. So run, pass, or kick. Among the greatest skills a good scrummy should possess is the ability to trash talk one of them. And what other skills should a good scrummy possess? Um, Rob, I'm going to kick this one to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, perfect. Yeah. Something they never let me do is pass out of the back of a ruck or, or a scrum. I was just a big, big dumb forward. Just go run into somebody and make sure you tackle anybody who has the ball. Um, well, well so this I, is questions, question. This is a, this is a hard question for you then. This is a hard question for me, but in all reality, I think, um, you know, obviously being able to, there's two important things, being able to deliver quick quality, consistent ball for, for your 10 or, whoever's, you know, inserted themselves, uh, you know, on your outside shoulder. And I think one of the other things, and this is um, important for a young scrum half, is being able to assess the field of play <clears throat> prior to arriving at the breakdown, right? And that's something I noticed in your play you do real well. You, you, you know, good all those scrum halves out there that are watching Ruben play, pay attention when Austin plays to what he's doing with his eyes before he arrives at the breakdown. He's picking up, he's surveying both the scenes, so when he arrives at the ruck, He's able to make uh, an immediate decision um, of where he wants the ball to go. Uh, and I think those are two of the critical skills that that Ruben possesses, but also good quality scrum halves possess. How do you do, Ruben? No, 100%. I agree, 100%. Yeah, that, I think it's a big thing for scrumming, like there's a scanning the backfield and stuff like that. And obviously, quick ball, it's it's a big, a big part of today's game, game play around the world. And yeah, like you said, like making sure you're checking the backfield Where's the space around the rocks and what's going on in the backfield? It's a, it's a big thing for a scrummy to do. Right. But I want to know, is trash talking one of the skills you need to possess? <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, like, Come it, on, a little bit of banter yeah. between your opposite yeah. line here and there. You yeah. guys are shoulder to shoulder often. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I guess it depends. Like, I'm not. I'm not the biggest like trash talker. Like usually I try to like focus on my game and stay, oh, stay locked in. On... I just think it's one of the fun, the fun things to be able to yeah. share. You are yeah. right. I think Rob's assessment is brilliant though too. Yeah. Although I did know there was a little bit of trash talking from the peanut gallery in the comments. Did you see that from the big guy in the background and uh, Benji? <laughs> and, and, and by I the way, is, is Boyer the biggest trash talker in the league? I just want to know. No, I, this weekend he didn't really say anything. Like I know Nick, I've been on tour with him and stuff, so it's pretty, it's pretty not not a lot of like trash talk. Just how are you doing? <laughs> how are things? So, yeah. Okay. That's good to know. So it's it's just uh, Benjamin Haswell that's the big trash talker both on and off the field. So um, obviously, Ruben, kicking is a strength of your game. We mentioned the box kick earlier. Uh, in contrast, uh, uh, Michael Baskin, we talked about Nick Boyer just a moment ago, are more physical players. I mean, Boyer is 6'3". He's a, a pretty big for a scrum half. Um, and um, they, they really provide some support in the loose. Uh, run, pass, or kick, do you feel that this is intentionally a contrast that um, 
Gary Gold, Coach Gary Gold, was looking for when he decided to whittle down the roster uh, for the touring side that's going to be going to the UK here in July? Um, I'll kick that off to you, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Okay. So, I mean, look, I would say that, yeah, I mean, if you're picking your nines, you want to be having a bit of variety. You want to be able to make sure that each one possesses a skill that another one doesn't necessarily um, that could be used at the right time uh, or a little bit of an edge because, you know, you have to be able to, to be mindful of the depth that you have in each position and then the depth that your opponent has in each position and in correspondence to them, who are you going to pick? So I'm not suggesting that you you only pick the nine that's best for your game plan, but you pick the one that's also great for your game plan that has a strength that, it, that uh, overcomes the other team's uh, weakness in one regard. So I think having that variety is key. Uh, I think having the variety in the skill set is important. Um, and not only the skill set, but also, as you said, the stature, right? These are the physical because Ireland and, and England are both physical teams. What is your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, but, like, I think the physical physical part is. I mean, look at Father Clark. He's he's not the yeah, biggest guy true. in the world. He's not the biggest guy in the world. It's not like at scrum hat. Most scrum hats. Like, is what they call him, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but like the, the most of scrum hats in the world, like there are some tall ones. Obviously, like Connor Murray's a pretty big guy and stuff like that. But like, look at Aaron Smith. He's probably one of the shortest, but he's in the pond, like yeah. probably two of the Nine best. Probably the most like. Um, I don't know if it fits the classic mold that it once did 20 or 25 years ago. You know, now you got me thinking about it because when I remember uh, like, you know, earlier teams from the nineties and even into the early two thousands, just scrummy kind of like fit a stereotypical look, except for one that will actually come up on the list over here later. But you know, um, it's interesting how it has evolved. So you got me also thinking about that, but yeah, it, and again, maybe this is why you need that variety because it's about the the right person for the right game on the right day, right? Yeah, I just I, I think nine is such a it's, it's a difficult position. Like obviously you have all your basics. I think the coach looks at a nine like you have to steer the team around the park. Your basics have to be done right. well and at a high at a high level and like especially international. Yeah, in the in an international game, there's not really room for error. Like if you like say you're kicking a kick and you kick a bad kick and you're supposed to kick it out and it's not out like team like England yeah. they'll punish you so it's it's a uh, it's it's tough so I don't think really the size really comes into it obviously you have to be you have to be physical at that level and you have to be able to stick your head in places you probably don't want to but I mean I would have to say like basics is probably the biggest thing for me. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. Actually, you know, I, I'm, Rob, I'm going to jump in here because we're on the topic of the the competition abroad. And just throw in something here as a run, pass, or kick, and then Rob's going to take you into what we call our quick tap. But before then, seeing as we're on the topic of Ireland and England and, of course, the competition that lies ahead, um, both of these teams being of the highest caliber available Tier 1 nations, which is great to have that that opportunity to be able to play them. Um, But run, pass, or kick, like, uh, maybe, uh, actually, I might be jumping a little bit ahead here, but... Um, I, I actually wanted to be able, we had this debate a little while ago on our show about the MLR law variations and how they may impact the international uh, game. So, for example, the room that the nine has been now been afforded because the offside lane, has, uh, sorry, line has 
has adjusted, right? You know what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that changes the game slightly? Do you think that when we move to the international stage that this might be a factor because you're conditioning yourself in a different way and, you know, that instinct may kick in because it's been drilled into you second nature right now? I mean, what are your thoughts there? Run, pass, or kick? No, I'll run with this. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think so. I remember, like, my first Curry Cup game, so... I put the ball in the scrum and the nine's like literally on me. And I'm like, ref, right. this guy offside, he's on top of me. So he probably was a little offside, but the ref does it like it's a hard call to make there. So, and it's like in the heat of the moment. So it's a difficult call for the ref to make. And in the MLR, you just have, you have so much time. There's the ball's to the back of the scrum. There's no pressure, just literally pass, all you got to do is pass it. So in the international level, those guys are going to be literally right there. So obviously you would want to be playing in the, those those conditions to be able to perform it at a high level so it is it is probably going to be a challenge or you have to get used to it and chat about it and so it is so especially for me when i got here i was like whoa so you can't pressure the nine and they said no like there's some you have to think i don't know where like you can't go past the middle of the scrum or something like that so so it is it is it is a bit different so it's it's a factor to 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 i suppose bring into the 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 uh, the conversation, and obviously everybody adjusts, but it was an interesting thought from somebody who has seen both versions of that law, so thank you for fielding that question, because that one was totally improvised, but it's an ongoing conversation, right. so I'm sure our fans probably enjoyed that little gem, that little bit of info, so again, let's hand it back to Rob. Yeah, we're going to take a moment to touch upon, once again, one of our sponsors that keeps the lights on here at the Rugby Rant. And that sponsor is Tighthead Brewing Company at Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season. And if you haven't, go check out the Gilgroni Sabercats match from last week, the Texas Cup. Um, so anyway, uh, head to Tighthead on Sunday, this Sunday, June 13th, at 4 p.m. to see the Seattle Seawolves play the New England Free Jacks. The watch parties will happen every week throughout the season up to the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want to watch rugby, Tight Ed Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tight Ed, it's worth more than a try. So now we're going to get into the tight quick tap segment. And this is uh, uh, this or that. You choose. We give you a choice. You choose one or the other. And you can leave your answer where it lies. Or you can go ahead and follow, follow up a little bit and give the fans a little bit of better context for why you chose one or the other. So. We're going to throw five of these at you. Are you ready, Ruben? I'm ready. All right. Firing away here. Better beer, Castle Lager, or Carling Black Label. Both are from your native South Africa. Uh, Castle, uh, Castle Lager. After every game in South Africa, there's usually Castle Lager. So. <laughs> I like how you correct well, yourself there. You're like Castle Castle. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sound too Afrikaans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Better scrum half, yes. You're going to be challenged here. Ready for this one? Better scrum half, faff or used? Uh, geez. <laughs> um, I probably used on the race station. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. I keep trying to talk my wife and uh, when we get another dog to let me name the dog used. I want to get a, um, <laughs> yeah, I want to get a Rhodesian Ridgeback and name it used, but my wife keeps telling me no. So I'm going to be waiting a while. <clears throat> All right. Better vacation, beach or safari? Um, yeah, safari, you can't beat, you can't beat Africa. 
All right. Veldman. Yeah. All right. Um, better tourist. So who's a better tourist? <laughs> Bryce Campbell, one of your teammates at the AGs, or Will Maggie, another teammate at the AGs? Um, Bryce Campbell. Bryce Campbell. Okay. You're not going to tell us any uh, fun stories about uh, about Mr. Campbell. Nah, right? It's a tough decision. Like they're they're both pretty good on tour, and they both they both love getting out and playing golf and going to check out the places we tour. So it's a pretty tough decision. So That's I, cool. I've roomed with I've roomed with Will before, and we like we've had some days where we just stay in. So I would just I'd probably say Bryce. Cool. So, uh, and by the way, uh, since you toured and, and stayed with Will, does he bring like a PlayStation or a game system wherever he goes? Because he played pretty well last season during the COVID tournament. Um, no, he actually didn't bring one on tour, but I, I did get to see or I saw that he won like the MLR gaming thing. So yeah. it must be pretty, pretty handy. Yeah, I'm sure he is. All right, ready? Last one we're going to throw at you. Bye week Sunday. So it's it's a bye week. It's Sunday. You're relaxing. Are you going with the South African bry? Or a Texas style barbecue, <laughs> South African bro. Uh, you can't beat it. it. All the it, well, like I would just like to take some of my friends in America and just be like, all right, come on, just come to South Africa and have a bride. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and I've now learned from my from my son who who plays at Lindenwood um, with a lot of guys who come from South Africa that uh, a real bra, uh, you have to use charcoal. You cool. can't use yeah. a, a, a gas grill. Yeah, in South Africa we actually use wood, so like, but no one has gas grills there. It's it's not an option. Gotcha. Okay, so so I know what's proper next time. I I go ahead and throw, uh, throw some good uh, meats on the on the right. Ty, we can't hear you, mate. Nope. He'll have to work on his. He'll have to work on his microphone. So I'll roll with it. Uh, Ruben, if you don't mind. Um, so we're going to move on back to our run passer kick segment. Um, with 14 uncapped players traveling to the UK for this abbreviated tour, is the goal to develop depth and preparation for the 2023 Rugby World Cup? And is it your goal to be at the next World Cup run, pass, or kick? Yeah, run. Um, I, th- I think it's good to have it's good to have experience and young players or players coming into squad. Like the players will keep everyone on their toes. So. If you're a guy that's been in the squad for a while and you think, okay, um, I've got my spot on the Eagles or I can just, you know, like, it keeps the competition flowing and obviously those guys are going to bring a great buzz and energy into the camp. But, um, and yeah, and also I would love to be at the next World Cup. That is my goal. So, um, yeah, I just got to, we got two more years or two more years to be able to be together and work on work on what we have to get to to be competitive at the next World Cup. Awesome. and. It's interesting as I looked at that forty man, forty one man roster that's now been whittled down. There's a lot of quality uh, players that were that were you know uh, were cut out of that you know thirty man roster that was whittled down. So um, clearly the competition is is getting better year by year for you know the U.S. Eagles. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's the great thing about the MLR. Like you have to pitch up every weekend and play if you want to if you want to tour and be in the Eagle squad. Absolutely. Um, so while we were talking about Rugby World Cup, this is where my next question is coming from. So run, pass, or kick. If North America hosts the 2031 Rugby World Cup, should it be held in MLR cities like Austin or 
should they be looking to cities to host that are potential locations for the league to expand? Run, pass, or kick? Uh, run. That's a tough question, but I think so. Obviously, the cities now that have MLR teams, they're they're getting fans in. People are coming to games. People are getting attracted to the game, and new fans are coming. So I would say hosted in in cities that already have MLR teams and have good stadium set up or obviously get some bigger stadiums wherever you're going to play in that city. But obviously the rugby community in that city will know about the World Cup and they'll bring people along and people that they know that they're like, all right, we have to go check this World Cup out. So I think, yeah, I would host it in cities that have rugby and that are used to going to rugby games and people around the community hearing about rugby. Absolutely. And, and you got to think, Austin is going to be one of those cities, would be an ideal city, right? Because they certainly, you know, have facilities to host, um, like at the University of Texas, host a, a large match between some of the two, you know, two tier one nations. But they also have the facilities uh, like that of, of um, you know, your home pitch uh, there in Austin, where they can host a, a smaller, you know, perhaps some two tier two nations um, and still fill it up and make it you know, look presentable on camera. Yeah, I think if you think about like University of Texas, they can have 88,000 people in the stadium. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to get that packed out, even if it's two tier one, tier one nations. But still, like that's a great venue to host the game. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people would love to, would love to come see a Rugby World Cup in, in the U.S. Oh, absolutely. It's on my bucket list is just to see a Rugby World Cup for sure. So I, I sure hope we get the bid because I'll be happy to – Happy to watch uh, uh, the Rugby World Cup unfold here on American Shores. Um, so uh, the next question I want to touch back uh, touch back to the UK tour just for a moment. Uh, run, pass, or kick. Uh, what are your expert expectations for this short UK tour? I mean, you know, um, what do you guys want to get out of it? How do you think you'll fare? Um, you know, get, what would be an ideal you know scoreline? Yeah, run. Uh, I don't know about a scoreline, but like obviously the guys are still going to be playing MLR and we get in. So like we don't actually have uh, a month or two month preparation time together before before our test matches. So with COVID and all those things, so it's going to be difficult. But obviously it's good for us. The main goal, like or the main thing for me is the Eagles are back playing together. That's probably the most important thing. And we're playing two tier one nations. So that's an unbelievable. I think if you ask anybody on a summer tour, they're like, all right, we're going to play two tier one nations. That's unbelievable. So I think it's good for us to be back together. And obviously like coach Gary's that type of guy he does, he's not going to go there and just let us or think that like we don't have a shot or we're just going to come here to have fun or just give it a go. Like, no, we want to be competitive. We want to give England and Ireland a go. Like obviously it's going to be, it's going to be tough and it's going to be a really tough situation that we're in, but like, yeah, like I said, it's good for the Eagles to be back together and it's good for us to be back on the field. And, yeah, we can have a go and see where it goes. Yeah, and it's interesting. One of the things we noted in the in the rugby rant last week, and I talked a little bit about in my rant itself, is that, you know, England is, to your point, um, England's going to be missing about 10 players from its normal side. So it's not to take away from what you guys are trying to accomplish, but it is really an ideal situation with – 10 English uh, players being out of the side, eight Irish players being on tour with the, the British and Irish lines. And for you guys to blood some of your, your uncapped players to get more uh, caps for uh, guys like Chance Wagalewski, for example, um, 
to be in a pressure situation, to be in a big venue, uh, and to experience, you know, that really um, high pressure environment that England and Ireland pro- will provide. But you can do it a- and-, and manage it a little bit more, uh, you know, given their rosters and and uh, your roster trying to develop younger players. Yeah, but like I said, like like even if England's missing ten guys on the British and Irish lines, to like it's still going to be a pretty good English side, and yeah. it's still going to be a great Irish side. So obviously we're going to have our, our work cut out for us. But like you said, it's it's valuable time for 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 anybody on that squad to be playing against a tier one nation to get to get one get more time on the field against a quality opposition. Absolutely, and and while we're talking about this a little bit. Um, the, the next question I'm going to move uh, move to touches upon um, the impact of of this tour at this time in the MLR season. Um, obviously, some MLR teams are going to be sim- uh, significantly impacted by the loss of some key players down the stretch. Um, run, pass, or kick. How will the AGs be impacted with some uh, the the likeness of of yourself, Mooneyham, McGee, and Campbell missing due to national team duties? As you guys are really looking to try to lock in. Um, on that playoff spot there in the Western Conference. Yeah, Ron. Um, I think with the setup that I, the AGs have and the quality of players that have, you're like, I was actually surprised when I got here. There's a lot of depth in this team, so there's a lot of guys that can step up and put their hand up. And I think uh, it's been tough for the coaches to pick teams. Like, there's guys in training. Everybody's putting their hands up and they're wanting to play. So I think I think we have uh, three guys that are going to be gone for. Um, for the tour. So, but I'm sure that there'll be guys that'll be able to fill in those positions and I'm, I'm sure the AGs will do, will do fine. But yeah, we have a few tough weeks coming up to get pushed for a playoff position. So I think we're just, we're focused right now on just the, our next game and trying to get into the playoff run. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think to that point, as I think on it, Austin fans should not be, you know, overly worried about the loss of those players. Certainly, you know, when you lose somebody of the caliber like yourself or like a, a McGee or a Campbell or a Mooneyham, you know, you do get a concern as a fan. But, you know, let's keep in mind that, you know, you just arrived here for what this is. You just completed your third game. Is that correct with the AGs? Uh, yes, third game, I think. Yeah, yeah third game. Uh, uh, Connor Mooneyham, he's been out with, um, uh, I think, a concussion. concussion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bryce Campbell missed some time with a concussion. Um, so, you know, those players have been missing out of the lineup. And, and let's be frank. Austin's played quite well over the middle stretch of the season. So um, hopefully that'll put some fears to rest of some Austin fans that are out there. No, they'll be like, like you said, before I got here, they were on a five game winning streak. So, I mean, like, listen, there's a lot of guys that can cover, cover here. And there's a lot of depth, like I said, so they'll be fine. Rob, can I just grab a charger real quick? My phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So folks at home, we're going to put it just on pause. We've been, uh, we've been putting a lot of stress on uh, Ruben's battery. So, so, um, you know, if anybody has any questions at home, go ahead and throw a question. Scott, I'll take a look at them and maybe we'll throw one at Ruben here as we start to wind down the interview. Um, I'd also like to throw a shout out again to our sponsors. Uh, We have the rugby shop. Um, dot com, so you can get uh, all your club merch through them, and of course they power shopmlr.com. So again, uh, you know, help help us, help us sponsors. Don't forget about Rugby Coffee, uh, and of course, don't forget about Tighthead Brewing here in Chicago, Mundelein, Illinois, a place to watch your rugby when you're in the city of Chicago. 
Um, and uh, and I want to throw again a shout out to some of the folks out there that have been throwing us questions and comments. Uh, you know, from Benji um, and and some other folks up there. Um, let's see who else has been throwing. Alex Cannon, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate that. Now Ruben's back. Ruben, are we good? Yeah, sorry. I, my my phone battery count was at five percent, so I was like, oh geez, I probably should get a charger before. No, nope, no worries, no worries. All good, mate. All right, I want to go into the next question. You know, it's it's something that comes up quite consistently amongst the fan base out there, and and they really wonder, you know, how would some of the top MLR teams, a team like Austin or a team like LA or a team like uh, Rugby ATL, how would they fare? against a Curry Cup or a Pro 14 side? So that's the nature of my question, Ruben. Run, pass, or kick. How does the standard of MLR compare to that of the Curry Cup or Pro 14? Rob, I'm going to kick this one over to you. <laughs> You're going to make me choke because I have to answer that one. Um, oh, oh, boy. Um, I, I, I mean, honestly, it's 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 not there yet. I think it's getting closer and closer with every year. Obviously, we're getting better and better players. Somebody like a Ruben Standard coming, you know, back in uh, uh, to the MLR for for a period to you know cut his teeth again on some rugby and get back into the groove. But we have some really good players that are coming into MLR setups, and I think the standard is only going to get better. And um, I think we see with some of the players that have been on our shows in the past. Um, you know, who, whether they start like Ruben did playing in, in a country, you know, that, that, that is rugby since they were four, uh, or they begin to learn how to play rugby here at the, at the youth and, and age grades and, and develop as an American player, it's only going to get better. But, you know, I think in three to five seasons, we could get, we could get to a pretty close standard to that of, of protein 14 or Curry cup. Yeah, Rob, I agree like 100% with you. So I think for a lot of the guys that come over, they think, listen, like this is just going to be a fun little thing. I'm going to come to the MLR tour around America and have a have a good time. But like against the game in LA, like I talked to Matt Gitter after the game and he's like, man, that was physical. Like my body's beat up. So like obviously you can tell the standard of the game is, is picking up and it's a physical game. I just think um, like mm-hmm. rugby back home is a little bit um, faster. It's like the play of the game is a little bit faster, but I think, like you said, the MLR is growing so quick and it's 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 becoming a really good competition. And I'm super excited to see what the MLR has in the future. Yeah, and I'm going to take because it's appropriate here, Ruben. I'm going to take a question from one of my good mates down in New Orleans, Benjamin Haswell, and he asked this question. He said, um, <clears throat> "Because so many players develop from top schools, like uh, your 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 father's uh, uh, where your father went to school in South Africa." Um, how can the U.S. replicate this system here in the United States or or even should they replicate that? Or, you know, how should we develop the next generation that might play in 2031? Yeah, I think it was a tough question. But like, so where do all the like all those kids in South Africa, they have like, like you said, quality rugby in school. So every day that guy is going to rugby program and it's a quality rugby program. So he's getting better every day. And which I think, which lacks in the States, obviously, because I remember when I was playing high school in rugby, it wasn't, it wasn't at the best, it wasn't the best quality. So, but I think just the more rugby players we get and the more like quality rugby games they're playing through, through their high schools and the more rugby they are playing, obviously the more they'll learn and the better they'll get. So I think it's just important for kids in the high school to be playing rugby all the time, just as getting as many games as they can and 
yeah, obviously coaching is a big part of it. We need, uh, obviously in the high school system, you need quality coaches as well. Like those guys are, they're brand new rugby players and then they need to be taught, they need to be taught how to play rugby, all the rules and all those things. So obviously they need to be learning it from people that know the game and are quality coaches. So obviously it's a tough thing to do because America is so big and there's so many so many rugby players already in the USA, but um, I think it's 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 getting it's getting it's going in the right direction. And more the more people that are playing, the 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 better they're getting, the better for the US. Absolutely, and and we need to hope that those those programs like the ones your dad created have already been set in stone, have already been well established, and are developing the next generation right, and that they have competition close by, so high level competition more consistently more of the time, right? Yeah, no doubt. So let's uh, – got just two more questions here, Ruben, then we're going to close up this uh, wonderful interview. Uh, but we got to ask a little bit, maybe perhaps let you gloat, perhaps let you uh, uh, fly your feathers a little bit. Um, run past your kick this past weekend. The Austin Gilgronies lifted the Texas Cup for a second time in just as many years. Run past your kick, what do you think the Cup represents and how important is it for Austin to have won it again. Yeah, run. So obviously it's the big Texas rivalry. I've this is my first time being really in the rivalry and being able to be a part of it. But obviously during the week it was a big thing and we lost two games in a row. So obviously for us it was listen, it's the Texas Cup, it's a big rivalry game and we need to get back on track and need to be get, getting back where we want to be. So it was good for us to be able to to lift the Texas Cup, but I think it was more important for our team just to be able to be in the win column again, get the confidence back up, and yeah, make a push going into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And this is it's going to be some push. I think there's going to be a dogfight in both the East and the Western Conference for sure. I mean, obviously, Utah is really playing at a high level right now, and they've really closed some of that gap between, yeah, between themselves and Austin. Um, and maybe even with uh, LA suffering a couple of losses, perhaps you guys can put some pressure on them too. Yeah, I think actually, I think that's an amazing thing about the MLR. If you think about it, any team can beat any team on any given week. So that's been pretty cool for me to see as well. There's not LA has been pretty dominant, but they've also had some losses. So I mean, if you show up to play, your team can beat the other team. So it's a pretty, pretty, pretty cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, so I want to wind up with this last question, Ruben. And again. Uh, I really, I can speak for all the Rugby Rant team that we really enjoyed having you on, especially, you know, uh, as you guys build up as the AGs into the, the the last little stretch of the season, make a push for the playoffs. And of course, you going on this uh, mini UK tour here in a couple of weeks, uh, playing on uh, what better day could you play England on than, than July 4th, uh, the day of independence for the United States. So here's the, the last question for you. Run past your kick. Um, three of the uh, five final matches are against Western Conference teams. Um, are the Austin boys looking at the Giltinis match as a critical match to making the playoffs run pass or kick? Uh, run. So obviously it's kind of far away. Like we still have like plenty more games before we even get to that game. So we haven't really, I think we will address that situation when we get down the road and we get to that game. But obviously, I think from now on, every game is a must-win. So yeah. for us, that's our that's our our focus going into every game. Listen, this weekend, big task. We need to win this game. So um, I think for us, it's just every must-win game to be able to get into the playoffs. Yeah, 
I couldn't agree more. I think um, it, it's going to be particularly important for for those teams that are looking to make a playoff push to you know not overlook every game to see if they can mine points from every game, whether it's through you know uh, getting that that all important bonus point from scoring four tries, um, or even in, in a losing effort, keeping it close enough so that you can get one point out of it, keep it within seven. So it's it's really important as we go down this stretch, the dog days, if you will, not only weather wise in the United States but also the dog days of the MLR. So Ruben, I'm going to take this opportunity to turn it over to you. Uh, throw a shout out, you know, if you want to talk about any. Um, any anything special to near and dear to your heart, uh, something that you're involved in, uh, go ahead and give it some publicity now. Uh, so so people know where to look when they want to, you know, support Ruben de Haas and things that he's uh, he finds valuable and he's the things that he's into. No, I just I don't very much want to thank you guys for having me on. And yeah, it's been really fun being on here with you guys. And uh, I don't know if my parents are watching, but I just want to give a shout out to my mom. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, moms always need a shout out because, you know, they're the ones that are going to every game, supporting us and fighting for us every day. I know that's what my wife does for our kids. And and um, we couldn't be more uh, appreciative of, of all the moms out there that support rugby. So, um, you know, kudos to your mom. I'm sure she's been there every step of the way on your journey, uh, you know, to South Africa and back to American shores. And of course, going over to the UK here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and from, uh, Scott, the big guy for our is producing us right now, Ty Baraga. Um, we first of all want to wish you um, the best of luck as you guys head to the UK. Um, the best of luck as you go down that final stretch. And um, we hope uh, you, you have a great uh, 2021 season. And for all those fans out there, remember uh, we're on all the major podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, um, you know, iTunes, um, you know, all, all those uh, uh, all those major platforms. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us now on the Rugby Network, uh, where, of course, you can also catch Ruben plying his trade for the Austin Gilgronies. Ruben, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for joining the Rugby Rant. We um, we really enjoyed our time with you, and we appreciate your time, of course. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me on, and all the best for you guys. Thank you so much. Good luck, mate. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.